Welcome to Zikru Daf Siman Imam Rabbi Ram Gold Ryan. Today we're Zikru's Baba Kama Daf Mem. The fourth parak Shor Shenagach. The fourth parak has been generously sponsored with Zikru Nishmas Rosh Hadvor Bas Aron Al Hashem. Mayor Neshama have an aliyah. So the three types we're going to focus on. And when a Bryce teaches that where an apotropus was appointed over orphans oxen, Kofer is not paid for a mood killing someone. This Tana holds Kufer Kapara. The Kofer payment is an atonement, and orphans who are minors need no atonement. Rav Chizda quotes a Bryce to identify this Tana. The Pasik says, the Nasim Pidyan Nafsho, and he shall give a ransom for his life. The Tanakhama says it means to main nizak, the value of the damaged party, meaning the one killed. Rabbi Shmo Benosho, Rabbi Yochim and Broka says it means to main mazik, the value of the damager, meaning the ox's owner. Rav Chizda assumes that the Tanakhama holds kofer is a monetary payment, so he pays the value of the nizak who was killed. And Rabbi Shmo holds it's an atonement, so the owner pays his own value. Rav Papa says that both opinions can agree that kofer is an atonement, but disagree whose value is paid to obtain that atonement based on drushos. Point number two is Tan of says, Tum, if one borrowed an ox with the assumption it was a tum, the nimsa muad, and it was found to be a muad, the owner pays half damages, and the borrower pays half damages. The borrower pays half because he accepted it as a tum, and the second half is the owner's responsibility for not informing the borrower. The more asked that the borrower could claim, Torishi'ili, Ariyaloshi'ili, I brought an ox, not a lion, meaning an animal prone to damage, and should be exempt, and answers the cases where the borrower discerned its violent nature. Although if it had been a tum, like the borrower thought, only half damages would be paid, and only from the animal's body, the borrower would have had to replace that loss to the owner, and here too, only pays half. Although the borrower can claim he would have hidden the ox in the swamp to avoid payment if it had been a tum, the cases were based and seized it immediately. And point with him, the Bryce had just mentioned, the animal remained a mood when it was borrowed, indicating the Tana holds Rishus in a Mashana. The change in Rishus does not change the ox's status. The more as the Bryce's second case indicates the opposite. If he became a mood in the borrower's house and he returned it to the owner, the owner pays half damages and the borrower is completely exempt. This proves the animal reverts to tum status when it changes to the owner's rishus. Rabbi Yochan says the Bryce's are incompatible and reflect two different opinions. Rabbi says the Bryce holds a change in rishus does not change its status. Still, it reverts to tum status when it's returned to the owner because he can say it's not within your power to make my ox a muad. Papa says the Bryce holds a change in rishus does change its muad status. But in the first case, where someone borrowed a muad, it remains a muad to call alav because wherever it goes, its owner's name is upon it, and therefore it's still considered his rishus. So once again, three points are number one. A Bryce teaches that where an apotropus was appointed over orphans' oxen, kofar is not paid for a muad killing someone. This Tana holds Kufa Kapara. The Kufa payment is an atonement, and orphans who are minors need no atonement. Rav Chizda quotes a Bryce to identify this Tana. The Pasik says, the Nasim Pidyan Nafsho, and he shall give a ransom for his life. The Tana Kama says it means to main Nizak, the value of the damaged party, meaning the one killed. Rabbi Shmuel Benosho, Rabbi Yochim and Broka says it means to main Mazik, the value of the damager, meaning the ox's owner. Rav Chizda assumes that the Tana Kama holds Kofer is a monetary payment, so he pays the value of the Nizak who was killed. And Rabbi holds it's an atonement, so the owner pays his own value. Papa says that both opinions can agree that kofer is an atonement, but disagree whose value is paid to obtain that atonement based on drushos. Point number two is Tan says, If one borrowed an ox with the assumption it was a tum, the nimsa muad, and it was found to be a muad, the owner pays half damages, and the borrower pays half damages. The borrower pays half because he accepted it as a tum, and the second half is the owner's responsibility for not informing the borrower.
The Mora said the borough could claim Torshi'ili, Ariyaloshi'ili, a broken ox, not a lion, meaning an animal prone to damage and should be exempt, and answers the cases where the borough discerned its violent nature. Although if it had been a tum, like the borrower thought, only half damages would be paid and only from the animal's body, the borrower would have had to replace that loss to the owner and here too only pays half. Although the borrower can claim he would have hidden the ox in a swamp to avoid payment if it had been a tum, the cases were based and seized it immediately. And pointing with him, the Bryce had just mentioned the animal remained a mood when it was borrowed, indicating the Tana holds Rishus in a Mashana. The change in Rishus does not change the ox's status. The more as the Bryce's second case indicates the opposite. If he became a mood in the borrower's house and he returned it to the owner, the owner pays half damages and the borrower is completely exempt. This proves the animal reverts to tum status when it changes to the owner's rishus. Rabbi Yochan says the Bryce's are incompatible and reflect two different opinions. Rabbi says the Bryce holds a change in rishus does not change its status. Still, it reverts to tum status when it's returned to the owner because he can say it's not within your power to make my ox a muad. Papa says the Bryce holds a change in rishus does change its muad status. But in the first case, where someone borrowed a muad, it remains a muad to call because wherever it goes, its owner's name is upon it, and therefore it's still considered his rishus. All right, so now we go to Simondoff Mem, and our standard simon relates to Mayim water, and we use a pool to make the simon more distinct. So here goes. The Apotropa's watching Yusomim in the pool, splashing and singing, they're not Chayv and Kofer. Was confused when he saw the lifeguard who thought he borrowed a tam, discovered the show was Amud, indicating Rishus ain't a Mishana. While another ox the lifeguard borrowed that became Amud in his Rishus revert to becoming a tam when returned to the owner. Once again, slow motion. The apotrope is watching Yosomim in the pool. Pool, that must be off. Mem, mayim. The apotrope is watching Yosomim in the pool, splashing and singing, they're not chayv and kofer, which reminds us, a Bryce teaches where an apotrope was appointed over orphans oxen, kofer is not paid for a mood killing someone. This time it holds kufr kapara, kofer payment is an atonement, and orphans who are minors need no atonement. The Gemara brings malchokas regarding whose value is paid in kofer, the value of the nizak or the mazik. So the Apotrope is watching Yosomim in the pool, splashing and singing, they're not Chayv and Kofer. Was confused when he saw the lifeguard who thought he borrowed a tam, discovered the shore was a muad, indicating Rishus Enemashana, which reminds us it was taught in Abraisa, Shal Becheska's tam. If one borrowed an ox with the assumption it was a tam, the Nimsa muad, and it was found to be a muad, the owner pays half damages and the borrower pays half damages. The borrower pays half because he accepted it as a tam, and the second half is the owner's responsibility for not informing the borrower. The Gemara clarifies the cases where the borrower discerned initially the animal's violent nature. So the Apotrope is watching Yosomim in the pool, splashing and singing. They're not Chayv and Kofer. Was confused when he saw the lifeguard who thought he borrowed a tam discovered the shore was Amud, indicating Rishus Enamashane. While another ox the lifeguard bored that became Amud in his Rishus reverted to becoming a tam when returned to the owner, which reminds us in the bright side just mentioned the animal remained a mood when it was borrowed, indicating the Tana holds Rishus in a Mashana. The change in Rishus does not change the ox's status. The Gemara asks that the Bryce's second case indicates the opposite. If it became mood in the borrower's house and he returned to the owner, the owner pays half damages and the borrower is completely exempt. This proves the animal reverts to tam status when it changes to the owner's Rishus. Rabbi Yochan says the Bryce's are incompatible and reflect two different opinions. Two more answers are brought. So once again, the Apotrope is watching Yosomim in the pool, splashing and singing, they're not Chayv and Kofer. Was confused when he saw the lifeguard who thought he borrowed a tum, discovered the shore was Amud, indicating Rishus in a Mashana. While another ox the lifeguard borrowed that became Amud in his Rishus reverted to becoming a tum, when returned to the owner. All right, so now it's time for a Forbala Bat Chazar. 
Daf Lamed Vav. So the Simran Daf Lamed Vav is Lulav. So here goes. The shore which had horns that looked like Lulavim, Lulavim. That must have been Daf Lamed Vav, Lulav. The shore which had horns that looked like Lulavim, that gored four oxen one after the other, as a tam, which reminds us, the fourth prayer begins, Shor If an ox scored four or five oxen, one after the other is a tam. Remer says, He pays the last of the victims his half damages. And if there's more value in the damaging ox after this payment, that excess is returned to the prior victim. And if there's still more, it's given to the victim before him. The rule is the later victim benefits. Rub explains that the Mishnah falls Rabbi Shmuel's opinion that the damages of Atam are owed as a debt. So the shore which had horns that looked like Lulavim, that gored four oxen one after the other, as a tam, belonged to a lulav seller who was disappointed when he was awarded a meager sella medina for the boshes of being struck in the ear, which reminds us, the Mishnah states, one who strikes the ear of his fellow, pays him a sella for boshes in addition to the other payments. And the Gemara quotes the statement of Rab, any amount of silver mentioned in the Torah is Tyrian currency. And any amount of silver taught by the rabbis, such as the boshes payment for striking someone's ear, is in provincial currency. So the shore which had horns that looked like loving, the gourd for oxen one to the other, as a tam, belonged to a lulav seller who was disappointed when he was awarded a meager sell medina for the boshes of being struck in the ear, that he told the judge who was a gabite staka to give it away to the poor. Which reminds us, when the man who was struck was told he would only receive a sell medina, he said, since it's only half as this, I don't want to give it to the poor. Afterwards, he tried to retract, but Rav Yosef told him he could not retract. The poor had already acquired the money. Although there were no poor people there to make the acquisition, we are the hand of the poor and acquired it on their behalf. Rashi explains that Rav Yosef was a trustee for the local charity fund. Daf Lamed Zayin, so the Simmer Daf Lamed Zayin is laser tag. So here goes. The shore that was moved to knock down red team laser tag players. Laser tag? That must be more in Daf Lamed Zayin. The shore that was moved to knock down red team laser tag players, but not the players from the blue team, which reminds us, the more discusses the din of a shore that is moved to certain species and not to others. It pays full damages for what it's moved for and half damages for what it's not moved for. So the shore that was moved to knock down red team laser tag players, but not the players from the blue team, and then began to knock down alternating red team players, which reminds us, we discuss an animal which is moved with sirogin, moved for damaging in an alternate fashion, where it gores the first ox, but not the second ox, the third one, but not the fourth one, and so on. So the shore that was moved to knock down red team laser tag players, but not the players from the blue team, and then began to knock down alternating red team players, turned out to be an ox of hectish and was putter. From payment, which reminds us, the next mission states, Shorshi Yisrael Shenagach Shorshel Hektish. If the ox of an ordinary Jew Gordon ox of Hektish, Mishal Hektish Shenagach Shorshel Hediot, or an ox of Hektish Gordon ox of an ordinary Jew, Pater, the owner is exempt because the Pusik says Shore Ehu, the ox of his fellow, implying Vlo Shorshel Hektish, and not an ox of Hektish. Daf Lamed Ches. So the similar Daf Lamed Ches is a Dabralach, a liquid, and we often use chicken soup. So here goes. The non-Jew being covered with a bowl of chicken soup. Chicken soup, that must be more on Daf Lamed Ches. Dabralach. The non-Jew being comforted with a bowl of chicken soup after learning he would have to pay full damages for his short time goring a Jew's ox, which reminds us the Mishnah taught that if a Jew's ox gores a Gentile's ox, he's putted, but in the reverse case, the Gentile pays full damages even for a tum. 
The Gemara asks that if Re'ehu excludes a Gentile from receiving damages from a Jew, he should also exempt him from paying damages to a Jew, and if he's not excluded, then a Jew should also have to pay his damages. Rabbi Avo answered based on a Pasuk that the Kushbarks who saw that the Sheva Mitzvahs, which B'nai Noach accepted upon themselves, since they did not keep them, Amad Vehitim Ramonin Yisrael, he arose and released their money to Yisrael. So the non-Jew being comforted with a bowl of chicken soup after learning, he would have to pay full damages for his shore goring a Jew's ox, sat at the She'en HaMetsuvah V'Ose table, while the Jew sat at the Metsuvah V'Ose table, which reminds us, Rabbi Chinina said, Gadu HaMetsuvah V'Ose, Yosem HaMetsuvah V'Ose, V'Ose, greater is the one who acts to fulfill a law who is commanded to do so, the one who acts but was not commanded to do so. So the non-Jew being comforted with a bowl of chicken soup after learning, he would have to pay full damages for a short time, goring a Jew's ox, sat at the She'en HaMetsuvah V'Ose table, while the Jew sat at the Metsuvah V'Ose table, and were being served by two daughters of a man who slept in a cave, which reminds us Rabbi Yochanan said, in who does not withhold reward from any creature, a not even reward for fine speech. For regarding Lot's older daughter who named her child from him, Moav, from father, Kajbarku told Moshe, do not incite war against Moab, implying that although they could not wage war against them, they could enact levies against them. But regarding Lot's younger daughter, who used the less explicit term, Ben Ami, son of my people, Kajbarku said, Klal, do not incite against them at all. Dafil meaning that even levies may not be enacted against them. Daflamates, so the symbol Daflamates is a letter, and we often use a mailman in the simon. So here goes. The mailman, mailman, that must be more in Daflamates, letter. The mailman who was appointed as an apitropus for an orphan who had a violent ox, which reminds the more discusses if damages of an incompetent person's muad are collected from him or his apitropus. So the mailman who was appointed as an apitropus for an orphan who had a violent ox and was counting the days for him to become an adult and return the ox to him, which would remain a muad, which reminds us in a brisa about an owner who became incompetent or traveled abroad. Sumko said, It remains in its tum state, until they testify about it before the owners. But the Chamun say we appoint an apitropus and accept testimony about the oxen in his presence. If the owner returns to competency, Sumka says, Chazot Muso, it returns to its tam state. Bravyosi says, Chazkaso, it remains in its current muad state. Since Simcha is made clear in the second case that the ox did become a muad, the Gemara reinterprets his statement in the first case, it remains in its entirety, meaning we do not reduce his ownership of it by collecting half damages from its body. So the mailman who was appointed as an apitropus for an orphan, who had a violent ox, and was counting the days for him to become an adult and return the ox to him, which would remain Amuad was notified that because he only did a shmir b'chusa, he was chayv chasinezek, because of tzad tamus bimkoma omedes, which reminds us, in a bright where Yaakov said that the ox of an incompetent person pays half damages. Rav explains the case is Amuad, which he guarded with a shmir b'chusa, an inferior guarding. Rabbi Yaakov holds like Rabbi Yudu holds on Daf Mem Hey, Tzad Tamus Bim Koma Omedes. The Tam portion of Amud remains in its place, such that half of the full payment retains the halachas of Tam. He further holds like Rabbi Yudu there that although an inferior guarding does not exempt a Tam from half damages, it does exempt Amud from full damages. All right, so now it's time to conclude our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one. Which stuff do we see that Kush Baruch Hu does not withhold Sakhar from any creature, even reward for fine speech, which we learn from Lot's daughters? That's on Duff. Lamed Ches. Good number two. Which stuff to be learned? Orphans are not chayv and kofra. And the Gemara brings malchokas. How kofra is evaluated according to the value of the nizak or the mazik. That's on daf. Ma'am. Good number three. Which stuff do we discuss whether a mood returned to its owner remains in its mood state? That's on daf. 
Lamatesk. And number four, which of the one of one claimed wheat from someone and the other person admitted owing him barley? That person is putter even from paying him barley. That's on duff. Lamed Hay. Good number five. Which stuff do you discuss? Wine oxen became a mood in the borrower's rishos. Becomes a tum when returned to the owner. That's on duff. Ma'am. Good number six. Which stuff do the case of a shore which is mood lamino, but not mood usha'eno mino? That's on duff. Lamed Zion. Good number seven. Which stuff do you discuss whether damages of an incompetent person's mood are collected from him or his opetropus? That's on duff. Lamatesk. Good number eight. Which stuff do you discuss what the din is in a case where one thought he was borrowing a tub, but in fact it was a muad? That's on duff. Ma'am. Good number nine. Which stuff do you and Rabbi Hanina said? Gadoh Matsuva osa yoser. Mimisha eno matsuva osa. That's on duff. Lamatesk. Good. Number ten. Which stuff do you about the person who won the case with Kes Medina and he could not retract when he said give the money to the poor? That's on duff. Ahmed Vab. Excellent. That comes today's shear. This is everybody from Goldhoff from Zilhu wishing you a great day and great learning.